Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic hits. The big story of the day is Ryan Tuberty. And of course, many of you would have watched what was a televisual feast today. Or if you watched the whole lot of it, by the way, from 10 o'clock this morning, right up to after six o'clock today. It was quite astonishing, of course, to listen to Noel tell us how much he loved Ryan. We weren't invited, we asked. And we saw, over the last three weeks, I've never seen such horrendous, horrendous reporting. And why suddenly the most trusted man in Ireland, Ryan Tuberty, it was like, throw him under a bus. What? Why? Why? Ah, he loves Ryan. He really does. And then, of course, Ryan was trapped in his house. It's hard to leave the house, if you really want me to be honest about it. Um... So Big house. For what? Fairness to be trapped in. I spent three weeks watching people telling stories. And, and, just, and, and, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm no, leaving no. a gap. I'm, I'm, forgive me, it's a comment, not a full stop. But I know, like, I'm not looking for sympathy now or, or, or violin. I, I'm simply saying to you, you, you ask me the, the question and you bring up, like, the kids. My relationship with the children of Ireland is so important to me. I know that sounds grandiose, but actually it is. I want them to be happy and hopeful and proud to be Irish and read lots of books and just be wonderful young people. You know, that, that doesn't change, you know. But what's happened in the last three weeks, it's like I, frenzy. I well, you go too a lot in the last three weeks, of parents. Niall Donald is Investigations Editor with The Sunday World. Good evening to you, Niall. How are you? Hiya, Niall. How's things? Good. I mean, what a, what, I mean, what was a trending hashtag? Tubs in the pubs. Because, of course, all the pubs were showing it on the big screen. Uh, purely by accident, RT had a ratings topper today. Uh, but how do you think Ryan handled it? I think he probably came out uh, slightly stronger than he went in. Um, I think there probably will be a future for Ryan Tuberty in, 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 in radio or in RTE. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was... Uh, an absolute, uh, I suppose he went in, him and Noel Kelly went in to say they did absolutely nothing wrong and that they were victims of this kind of uh, media campaign, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know if that, that, that'll that come out, that, that'll that be the the final judgment on, on what they said, but I think he probably comes out a bit stronger. He didn't, he, he, he probably has assured himself a future in, in broadcasting, I would think. I'm not too sure which politician said it. It could have been John Brady from Sinn Féin, but I'm not too sure. One of them said they'd gone through the whole day and they were none the wiser. In other words, nothing was really answered. They said a lot, but didn't really say anything at all, if you understand what I'm saying. I mean, of course, Noel Kelly denied, you know, that this kind of env- or this invoice, which, by the way, some people have suggested is almost a fraudulent invoice, uh, was passed on or that he had any knowledge of it. And then he was asked numerous times, had he seen the invoice? And he kind of didn't know whether to answer that or how to answer that. He even looked back at his, his lawyer at one stage in relation to it. Ryan Tuberty still insistent that he took a pay cut and doesn't, doesn't accept that the 75 grand deal that he got, even though RTE would end up having to pay it, uh, was a compromise or basically compensated him for him. He doesn't seem to want to ever admit that. No, I don't think they, he, they wanted to admit anything, uh, any, any, anything wrong. I mean, the Noel Kelly uh, invoice, which basically uh, he invoiced for, cons- for consultancy, Mm. So COVID consultancy, and, I think, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, so we went around and around and came back again and again to this invoice. And I think all parties accept that neither Noel Kelly or Ryan Tuberty offered any consultancy to, to RTE or to Renault. So that what's written on that invoice is incorrect. 
Mm. Everybody accepts that. Noel Kelly went pushed on this and he was pushed by almost every single politician who asked him questions. He just repeated the same line again and again. Um, that he basically he did what he did as instructed by RTE, RTE. in terms of writing yeah, yeah. Right in terms of writing the invoice now whether that you know if you do make an invoice if you or I made an invoice we're, we're responsible for what's in that invoice but didn't um, didn't one politician didn't one politician yeah. suggest that his father had said to him, if I asked you to put your hand in the fire, would you put your hand in the fire? And in other words, you don't just do it because RTE says it to you, you do it because it's the right or the wrong thing to do. Exactly. And you, as a company, he's a company boss, he's, he's you know, he's responsible for for what's written. And so, it, that, but we never really got to the bottom of that because, of course, there is no good answer for that no, from there is no bottom. point of view. <laughs> the, um, other, the, other thing, exactly. the other thing that was interesting as well, Noel Kelly constantly denying he had any relationship whatsoever or a good relationship uh, with D Forbes. He said he had met her on a couple of occasions in negotiations, but never so much as had coffee or tea with her or anything like that, which strikes me as hard to believe because from some people or witness accounts, he was never out of the building. <laughs> so it strikes well, me as hard to believe. Well, I mean, look, you have to take people at the word and he stood up in the doll or in that committee, in fairness, which just an easy and said what he said. So, But I suppose it does. Um, if he didn't have a good relationship, uh, friendship with, with D Forbes, how mm. was he convincing? And which, you know, you, I accept him at his word. But it's amazing that, that RT were being convinced to hand over these incredible sums uh, money. To, to, yeah. to, to, his, to his talent. I mean, you know, you work in the media industry as, as I do. Those sums aren't available in any no. other uh, commercial broadcaster. But he was able to go in again and again and, and get these sums for a range of clients. And it is bewildering. Uh, you know, I think at one point last week, one of the the, the politicians said, or he were competing against themselves for these people. Um, but I think it probably... Uh, you know, even more than the individual contracts he got, I think it, mm. it shows a sign of a culture within RTE where money, public money, ultimately was not being, uh, you know, was was being spent in a way that that doesn't make a lot of sense. I think objectively. No, I, I think uh, Backhurst's first job is going to have to be to put somebody in there who monitors spending because the idea of the, the I know this certainly isn't right. Everybody's thought that they spent five grand on flip flops, you know, was bonkers. I mean, it's all right. To, people, I heard people comparing RTE to the BBC and say, well, the BBC pay big money for talent. And I said, yeah, but that's because they're competing with ITV, who also have deep pockets, who are an independent broadcast and they compete against them. But there's nobody in this country is going to pay a DJ essentially for one hour a day, which is what Ryan is on. Forget about the Late Late Show for the moment, but a DJ for one hour a day, the amount of money that RTE were paying Ryan Tuberty, no matter how good he happens to be. And by the way, can I just point out, because I've said this on numerous occasions of the show, I like Ryan. I've met Ryan on numerous occasions and he's a really nice guy. Now, I do think there was an oversight on his behalf not to draw attention to this before now. And I think he's made a big mistake that he's going to have to do a lot of mea culpa. Uh, but in saying that, nobody's going to hand him the money he's getting in RTE. So RTE's pockets were just too deep. Yeah, I mean, it's like if, you, if you're speaking about RTE relative to the BBC, I mean, the BBC is a worldwide organisation that services a country of whatever, 60 million in, in the UK. Mm. I'm not sure the exact number. I mean, the scale of it is just not comparable to RTE yet. You know, people in RTE are getting paid as much as the BBC. It's just, it's like, you know, comparing Manchester United to Bowes or something. <laughs> um, it's just, it's they're just in a totally different league. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Ryan Tuberty, you know, he, he, and it might well be the case that he, you know, he's not, he, he, a number of times he sort of basically said he's not all over the details of 
contracts and money, and that may well be the case. And, you know, I know some people, if you looked at, I was looking at the comments on some of the stories, and mm. it's very divided that he's, you know, he's a disgrace. Or well, there's a perception, you know, there's a perception of greed, isn't there? I mean, and, is, and my, he did is. say, look, he didn't apologise for being well paid, and I suppose why should he? Because I could say, now, if my boss turned down to be tomorrow and says, I'm going to pay you 350 grand, I'll gladly take it and his arm off with yeah. it, okay? So, yeah. so realistically, nobody can be blamed for taking money when it's being offered to you, as long as you don't believe there's anything underhand going on. Uh, but, but in saying that, I don't, I don't know whether he ridded himself of that perception, which is the perception at the moment. The, I mean, there's no perception out there that he's done anything illegal or anything wrong, but immoral or greedy, uh, that was the general perception by the general public over the last three weeks from the evidence we've heard so far. And I don't think he shook that off today. Not fully, I think, but I think he shook it off to a degree. And I think, I think in the, the fullness of time, I think he'll, he, he, he will get a second go. In, in, in with the public, you know, I think um, that's that's my perception mm. of it. Like the details of it, you know, we've watched it today, and and you know, you've probably paid a good lot of attention to it as I have. But in a number of months, the details kind of got forgotten, and you know, he, he hasn't covered himself in glory. He's been somebody in the public eye for I think it's thirty years or whatever, mm. and maybe without a single sort of blot on his copy. And this this will be something that'll hang over him I think but I think he people a lot of people will be a bit forgiving I mean I think it would have been personally if I was Ryan Tuberty I would have come out straight away and said look I was just a bit embarrassed I don't like talking about my money and maybe Mm. I should have said something earlier I think people would have been much more tolerant of that Um, but you know I don't think um, I don't think it was a master class performance from him and it certainly wasn't a master class performance from Noel Kelly who looked flustered and, and I don't think he you know I think I think rely, I think Ryan relied on him a lot today when it came to the figures because by his own admittance, uh, he's fairly incompetent when it comes to looking after his own yeah. his own finances. So that's why he said he, he uses an agent. But I, I mean, there was a stage where I, I'm not too sure again who asked Ryan in relation to the charities he's worked for and during COVID nineteen when he said we're all in this together and he talked about people's economy or people's wages being reduced and everything else. She was kind of suggesting to him, "Well, did you not feel guilty?" taking that amount of money, knowing that your wages were being subsidised by this side deal or uh, tripartite deal. And he again kind of went into denial mode, you know, that that I did take a pay cut. And she said, well, no, you didn't really because you got this extra 75,000 that was guaranteed to be paid to you by RTE. And that again, that, that was an opportunity I thought he missed where he could have said, in hindsight, yes, it probably wasn't the best thing in the world. And I think people would have appreciated that more. Possibly so. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you on that. I mean, I think, look, you know, I, I, I think he said at one point, you know, just because you're well paid doesn't mean you have a conscience. And I think that's, you know, mm. that's fair enough. I mean, people can have a, a you know, there's, there's many people that get well paid that, that do a lot of good or whatever. I think, I think, um, it wasn't a masterclass, but I think a lot of people will look at it and feel a t- twinge of sympathy for him. I think it's, you know, you have to say, I mean, seven hours or whatever it was, eight hours of questioning mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's, it's tough on anybody whether they've done wrong or not. Yeah, of course. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so you do, you do feel a bit of sympathy for him, you know, and and but you know, it's not, it's not. Um, like exactly as you said, somebody—I can't remember which which politician it was. I think it was Kieran Cannon who said, "We've been through all of this, and we're not—we're not really any clearer." Now, Orty are going to be brought back again. 
And I bet you we won't be any clearer at the end of all Well, RTE have already suggested they put out a statement this morning contesting some of the stuff that Noel Kelly has put in his statement already as being untrue or uh, being, not being a representation of the truth. So they're, they're obviously going to clarify that tomorrow. So that's going to cause even more complication. Well, <laughs> I don't think they'll ever really get to the bottom of it, you know. No, no, I don't think we will. But I think you can say in an overall sense, like Orty is going to have to It's a mess, yes. Yeah, it's a mess <laughs> and it's going to have to change. And whatever about 20 years ago, when in, back in the early 2000s, they were probably making huge amounts of money mm. and there was, there was a justification. They were ha- basically had a monopoly on all sorts of media in Ireland. Um, they just haven't changed quickly enough and they're just not uh, spending the public money in a, in a clever and careful manner. And, uh, you know, the ins and outs of who said what to invoice Maybe mm. we'll never fully get a an answer that satisfies. I suspect we won't. Do you think? Um, do you think Kevin Backhurst is the man for the job, or is he taking on a poison chalice there? Well, he's taking on a poison chalice for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it that there's going to have to be huge structural change in RTE, and it's going to be resisted from within. Um, this it's just not an easy job. It's 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 like being, I'd say, being a Premier League manager. You know, you're gonna. They might have a little bit of success, but mm. it's going to be tough going. And uh, mm. I don't know if he's the right man for the job. I never met him or know much about him. But he, uh, you know, he's an insider again within RTE. I know he's not been there all his career or anything like it, mm. but he has been there for a period of time. Um, well, at least he spent some time with the BBC job. as well, so he would have a good idea of big organisations and how they should and shouldn't work. Um, it, he would. He, he, ta- would, he talks I mean, the talk. Anyway, that that seems to be the case. Let's see, does he walk the walk, as they say? Yeah, yeah but look, at their, he's in, in, in his favour, he's coming in at a real low point for the organisation. And I think everybody is going to accept that the things are going to have to change and just merely continuing on as they have been doing, which a mm. lot of it has been, you know, saving costs by cutting programming and, and you know, but just keeping the bureaucracy or the, the middle management untouched within the organisation. So I mean, do you, do, I, I, I think I think you're right. I think they probably needed somebody who wasn't an insider, um, because as you said already, he was what head of news going back many years ago, and he missed out on the opportunity for to be the DG, and that's why he left. I think at the time, um, but I suppose the morale in Orty is something he's going to have to deal with, because for the low paying staff, many of them on half the amount that Ryan Tuberty was getting per year, topped up on his salary. I mean, it's not that it doesn't leave a good taste in their mouth, does it? No, and I mean they have to. They'll have to innovate as well, like like everybody in the media. Which, as the digital revolution continues, and they're gonna have to. Um, so a lot of that is gonna have to come from younger people. They're gonna have to be empowered and paid well, and get the best talent. And I don't think they've been doing that. I think they've been getting a lot of young people in on very low wages, and it's the people that the the older people have been untouched. Mm. So. It's a tough job. Well, but I mean, job. I know from being in the industry, you know, from independent radio, Orchie is always seen as the kind of the boys club, um, you know, and if they always hire within. There's a lot of, I, I suppose, you know, my father worked there, my brother worked there, so I'm getting a job there. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of nepotism going on. Uh, and it, it does seem like a boys club, or certainly did for a long, long time. And it, that doesn't seem to have changed when it comes to, uh, I suppose, the on the on-air uh, employees. No. No, and look, I mean, it was, it wasn't. It's like they've been brought in there, and really, what's been exposed has been an absolute uh, shambles. Really, where these deals are being done uh, at the sort of top level of RTE, and they're not uh, serving the purpose of the of the organisation at all. It's, mm. it's, it's it's like it has been shocking. I mean, the, the, like you're talking about as 
you know, an institution of the state, uh, a huge company, and for them to be sending around dodgy invoices disguising mm-hmm. who money is going to, like, it's just not really on. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be on in, in a small local radio station, but to see it in a national commercial semi-state is quite shocking, really. Um, you know, and, it, like, you know, but, but this today. wastage of money, sorry for interrupting, but the wastage of money, Niall, that we're seeing within RTE, and I'm just using the flip-flops, for example, or tickets for gigs or whatever it was they were blowing money on. That, And I remember years ago, a mate of mine who worked there told me about the taxi bill. You know, the, I mean, this idea that staff, you know, would be out on the night, on a Saturday night, and they'd walk back to RTE and get a taxi on account. I mean, that was well known in those days. I don't know if that still goes on. But all of that wastage of money... There's nothing new in that in the public sector. I mean, RTE's public sector. I wonder, you know, if we had the same drill down because of the Ryan Tuberty situation, we've gone into a massive drill down and audit into how RTE are spending money and wasting money. If you did the same drill down in the HSE or the Department of Social Protection or whatever it happened to be, I think you would find, or many of the NGOs in Ireland, I think you would find a massive waste of money. You might well do. I mean, you may well do. I mean, I think... That might the be the next investigation, is, by the way, the HSE. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I mean, I think the problem with RTE is equivalent to the HSE in that, like, they ha- they seem to have spent a lot of money in the bureaucracy of continuing to run the organisation and not enough on, on the frontline services, mm. if you want, at the HSE. And the, the equivalent of the frontline services in RTE is programme making and all of that sort of stuff which has fallen by the way so that's not the it's easy to bash RTE I mean they had a no. I, you know they do they do great work as well every day of the week and you know some of the reporters are excellent they had a you know really impressive primetime investigates last night yeah. whatever your take on it is so it's not to knock the organisation I mean it's easy to you don't want to be on a pylon on Ryan Tuberty or anybody else but you know they have to. They will have to change. And, and but how how are it. they going to manage this going forward? Firstly, we're seeing now resistance to paying the license fee as a form of protest, and I'm seeing that quite a lot trending on Twitter as well. And you're seeing judges now giving people the minimum fine. You heard a judge in Carlo over the weekend gave people the minimum fine for not having a television license, only because he had to fine people because he had a rant about RTE as well. In the same day, Leo Varadkar yesterday turns around, and I'm sure that was bad timing, by the way, talking about a broadcasting charge rather than a television license, uh, which they were meant to do years ago. But do you think there's going to be more resistance paying a television license? And realistically, can RTE now go to government and with their handout, as they do every single year, and say, we need a few quid? You know, I mean, that's going to look bad, isn't it? Well, it's going to look bad, but they're going to do it anyway. Um, that's the reality, uh, because they're in a, a, a spiral of debt. Um, I just think that, that they're going to have to... Um, yeah, they're, gonna, they're, they're still going to have to look for money. I think the public are it's going to leave a, a long-term bad taste in the mouths of the public. Um, I think one of the problems for RT is, like, this has been dragged out three weeks. I mean, the Ukraine war got about a week of coverage. And we're I into know. the third week of constant coverage of this. And a lot of that... Has oh, been no, it's completely over the top. It's completely... Yeah. I mean, I mean... And the sad part about it is, and you know, of course, as well, because you're involved in crime, you're a crime specialist yourself. I mean, the amount of other stories that are happening over the last three weeks that are ending up on page 10, so to speak, you know, and yeah. and really big stories. I mean, we talked last week in relation to, for example, children who had gone missing within uh, under the care of, the, of Tusla. And that, that which is a big story at the moment. Now, I know Leo Varadkar said that is being investigated, but we're not talking about it enough. There are other stories out there, you know, that we should all be talking about. But unfortunately, nobody wants to talk about anything except RTE. This is kind of social contagion with scandal in Ireland. 
Yeah, but I think already of a, a, by dragging out every little bit of information over weeks rather than getting it all out there, they've managed to turn what could have been a week-long crisis into into a month-long one. I mean, they just haven't seemed to have got it into their heads that they need to be more honest and direct with the public um, where they could have got all of this information out really, really quickly. And that's what they should have done. And I think that's the first thing Orti are going to have yep. to do. They're going to have to change their attitude to, you know, to being held accountable because they're in a unique position in that they're getting public money. They're a broadcasting company that are getting public money. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a really privileged position to be in and um, considering money is seeping out of broadcasting and they're going to have to be held accountable in a different way. If they're going to regain the trust of the public, uh, they're going to have to be more open and direct and they're going to have to be showing that they're, mm. they're changing whether that can all happen, I don't know. There's certainly, you know, yeah. the, 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 the people are not going to be happy to pay their license in the next 12 months. Well, I suppose they, yeah. they are They are going to be competing, of course, against podcasts, one of which I do myself. And I know you do as well with Nicola Talent. Uh, yeah. What was, the, what was the big story this week for the podcast, by the way? Well, we, we actually did a bit on RTE. <laughs> did you? Go, it does, why not? Why because, not? And it does because I think... <laughs> so I did think, I. You know, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think it does it does touch on, on you know, what is criminal behaviour. We heard, of course, in the Dole Committees, um, one of RTE's own uh, financial people describe it as essentially defrauding the public. Yeah. Um, so, look, I mean, it is... It, is, uh, it has all the elements of it, hasn't it? Concealment and it has all the elements it, of it as well. Well, look, I mean, exactly. You know, it's up to the guards to, 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 to investigate that. But, you yeah, know... Matty McGrath is calling. Matty McGrath is insisting they do. God love him. Yeah, so, by yeah, the way, the funniest moment of the whole thing, and I know I shouldn't say funniest because there's nothing funny about what's going on, yeah. but when Matty McGrath said last week, are you loyal? Are you loyal? <laughs> and the <laughs> faith... He was saying, are you loyal? But it did sound like, are you lying? And they all looked at each other and you could see their faces going white. Uh, look, look, I mean, some of the, look, rather than getting into the name, some of the politicians are really good, but there was a fair old bit of grandstanding going on as well. <laughs> there was. It has to be said. Uh, there, abs- there absolutely was. But I have to say, it was the worst television ever, but it was addictive, <laughs> completely addictive. It was. it was. And look, it's, you know, and some of that is, you look at it and you think, oh, it's a bit of a bit of a, you know, uh, gladiators in the Coliseum, like it is, you know, you see people under that type of pressure and it's compelling to watch. Oh yeah, the last time I, the last time I got that much excitement out of an investigation was the O.J. Simpson case. (laughs) That was was the last time I watched the television uh, for so long. It is, it's pure human drama, but you know, look, there is an effect on everybody who's been up there from RTE and from Ryan Tuberty and all, it's tough on them. Mm. And like, that's on a human level, I never discount that or say that mm-hmm. you know people but you know you have to that's if you work for the public service and you get hugely paid as as nearly all the people who appeared there whether from the RTE management or broadcasters you know you know you're going to be accountable or you could be accountable someday and they're held accountable and it's 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 tough you know you yeah. can see people sitting there it's not it's it's not mm. well by the way finally way. not sorry i mean D Forbes, I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a name that'll go down in history because there's been no sign of her. Now, I know she said she's unwell um, and from what I believe she may not even be in the country at the moment. But um, what do you think is going to happen there? Do you think she will ever appear before the Oireachtas, ever answer any questions? No, I'm not suggesting the whole thing is her fault or anything like that, but I'm just saying, you know, she does hold the key to a lot of this stuff. 
Well, I mean, I don't think she'll ever appear. I mean, I think the other question to ask is, should you appear? I mean, she would have had a hard time of it, but maybe she would have been better off getting out there, however tough it is, and and putting her perspective out there. I think you saw that with Ryan Tuberty today. Mm. He was absolutely silent for three weeks. And I think, you know, he he comes out of that today may not have answered all the questions. He certainly won't have answered them satisfactorily. He didn't come out any worse than he went into it, that's for sure. I think he came out a bit better, and I think Dee Forbes should have gone on. She did what she did as part of an organisation, and she would have been better off, I think, going out and facing the public now. She said she's sick, and we have to, again, take that. That's what somebody says, and that may well be true. And absolutely, you know, take it as true. But, you know, you have to wonder sometimes... It is people and natural human tendency to, to hide away under pressure. But I think Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly, they may not have covered themselves in glory. I personally don't think they particularly did. But I still think they did the right thing by going out there and putting their side across. Because for sure, nobody's putting D Forbes' side across at the moment. No, absolutely not. Well, listen, it's been wonderful talking to you. And by the way, if people want to catch up, uh, yourself and Nicola Talent do a great uh, podcast called Crime World. Uh, if you want to catch up, I've listened to many of them, by the way, and I find them hugely not, I was going to say entertaining, but intriguing is probably the better word for them. Um, well, thank you very much, Niall. Thank you very much, Niall. And I appreciate you coming on the air. It's good to have a name like Niall, isn't it? It means, and you, need the word, you know the word Niall stands for intelligence, don't you? I'm joking. Well, I didn't know that, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell that to everybody now. Listen, Niall Donald, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air to talk to me. Thanks very much. Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio, the multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.